Ready check radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, Internet? It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up show. I'm your host, as always, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. We're doing the show live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, as we always do. So go ahead and join us. We've got chat standing by. I'm sure they'll have opinions on everything we're talking about today. If you're watching on iTunes or, uh, or watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, Spotify, whatever, <laughs> thank you so much. Give it a like, a subscribe, turn on notifications, write a review, comment, all that stuff that helps the thing grow. And if you like what we do, tell a friend. You can join us over at readycheckradio.com. Full backlog of not only this show, but also The Relic Grind and Snowbound, that long, long gone show about Blizzard. Maybe it'll come back. I don't know. We'll see how the whole acquisition stuff goes. And, you know, I'm not exactly keen on them right now with 1900 layoffs, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, over the coming months here. But you can check out all the backlog of our shows there, and all the socials are in the upper right-hand corner of the site. So you can follow us everywhere, and you'll know when we're live doing all kinds of goofy stuff. Joining me today to talk about some fun gaming stuff, Mr. Dom Greco. What's up, sir? Hello, hello. How's it going? If you're watching on iTunes, how? (laughs) (laughs) If you're watching on iTunes, you can totally see my Sonic the Hedgehog background. Yes. uh, Are we on Mm -hmm. a green, green hills? Green... Green, Green Hill Zone, yeah. Green Hill Zone, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. looking, it's looking spiffy. Don't disappear into the back uh, like you did in any yeah. Christmas episode. Uh, if I did, it would be to go lay down because my bed is directly behind me. Is it made? Uh, no. Son of a bitch. All right. I've never made my bed a day in my life. Also joining us today, resident artist of Ready Check Radio. It's Yod. What's up, sir? Yeah, you know, if he went in the background, he'd have to zip around and yeah. spin and stuff. Just at least pick up the ring while you're there. God. Right? <laughs> it's just kind of twirling behind him. and we're like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like one of, right over his shoulder there. I have one of those like memory foam beds that like the frame bends on. I could probably turn it into a half pipe. <laughs> it'd be a very, very tight one, but it, it yeah. would be a half pipe. It'd be a half pipe. <laughs> Gents, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, programming note, uh, no show next week. Uh, Torchwick will be back in town, uh, and him, he and I are headed off to Monster Jam, our annual Christmas present tradition between him and I. So we're going to go see the monster trucks and get all dusty, I'm sure. Uh, so no show next week and no Torchwick stream next week. You still will have Tark, and tonight Torchwick and Tark will be streaming as usual. But no gaming gumbo next week. There will be Relic Grind as normal. Uh, gents, let's dive right into it, right? The big news uh, in gaming this week, no matter what your platform, well, I guess it does kind of matter your platform for some things, uh, is was Sony's state of play, right? They mm-hmm. kicked mm-hmm. off the show this week, about 40 minutes of various trailers, reveals, with a few advertisements thrown in there. We're not going to really talk about the advertisements, like Foam Stars and stuff like <laughs> that, but we are going to talk about... <laughs> the bigger reveals and i think we should start with what was probably the biggest as far as sony's point of view 
but I think what you think the biggest was in this is really going to be down to personal preference because the the biggest, as far as Sony's point of view, was probably Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding simulator. 2 on the beach. <laughs> Death FedEx Simulator right. Mexico right. <laughs> edition. Now, it's supposed to arrive uh, a little later this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of an odd title, right? Death Stranding 2 on the beach. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Bridges is back, you know. We so we've we've got our our Norman Reedus Phil. Uh, he's got like a talking puppet thing. Like I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but we did get to see some of the uh, recurring characters and new characters. So Sam and Fragile were there, and then there was like this like George Miller and a little puppet that was played by head-on yeah. director Faith Akin, and I don't know. It's coming in 2025. Uh, so I'm sorry, not later this year, 2025. So we still got time for this one. Dom, what what did you think? First off, what did you think of the first one? I don't think we ever really like dove into that. No, I never played the first. I own it. <laughs> Surprise. Um, Is it in, a, in, in the box wrapped, shrink wrapped? It might be. <laughs> <laughs> I know where it is. It's it's two rooms away on a shelf. Um, but yeah, I think I think it is sealed still. Um, I did I did actually plan on playing this one when it came out, and then uh, by the time that I went to play it, it was like three days into it, and the reviews were very mixed. Like yeah. the environment, the story was good, but like the gameplay was very monotonous and very like you know uh, walking simulator and and building roads and whatever, and it just. I'm not a big builder in stuff like that, so I I don't play a lot of survival-based building games. So right. um, for me, it just once I found out that was like the majority of the game, I kind of lost interest and never went to it. But I do love Kojima. I love the stories it tells. So I didn't even consider like I'm gonna return this game because I I wanted to keep it. I wanted to support Kojima. Especially yeah, I am, I'm a Kojima happened. fan too. Uh, yeah. I I do think occasionally he gets a little like too clever for his own good type thing, where you're kind of like, oh god, okay, yeah, I get what you were trying to do, but you kind of stretch the shit out of this one right yeah. now. Like I do get it, and I feel like he's such like a, he's so inspired by like movies uh, that it's like, why don't you just make a movie? then because like that stranding yeah. felt like a lot of movie to me mm-hmm. uh i i bought it on release day again big fan just like you uh, i never beat it i never beat mm-hmm. it i got probably about 10 hours into it or so before i finally was just like you know what i love some of the things that are going on here uh yep. but the game itself just isn't for me you know, yep. I'm not I'm not That's, enjoying yeah. it, uh, you know, and I don't want to force myself to play through this. I'll go watch like a story recap YouTube video because I did want to yep. see that type of stuff. But I did love like the visuals, some of the concepts like the the rain that ages things, you know, and uh, I yeah. did particularly like some of the transitions. Like there was one of those for although it did feel like we were like being forced to dive into Hideo Kojima's like iPod playlist uh, at, <laughs> at certain points. <laughs> but yeah. there were some very nice transitions. Like one of the opening ones after you're in the game for 15 or 20 minutes when the camera like pans back, but you're still moving the character and it shows the like big landscape and then the, t- and the, the first 
like cut of music comes up. It was uh, I, I loved all of the presentational aspects, the story aspects, but the game just wasn't for me. Uh, Yod, being a PlayStation thing, was it something you had ever tried out the original? I did not try it out. I had a couple of friends that were playing it, and like I said, walking simulator, FedEx <laughs> simulator. There was a lot of that thrown around. Um, I mean, the the visuals are beautiful. Yeah, and and Kojima Studios has has raised the bar on graphics so high with this stuff. I mean, the the trailer we're we're all watching on this uh, on the stream is it's just it's it's a movie and like you said at this point just make a freaking movie you know <laughs> i'd watch this as a movie. weird freaky cat with wings sure weird technology yeah we don't have to play norman reedus walking around we can just watch him <laughs> yeah i don't know if i'm just spoiled by the like the last of us movies but i don't or, or tv series but i don't want a movie i want a tv series like that's the yeah. only way i feel like you can do character development and world building justice is in a TV series. Movie is just too rushed. You cramming a I whole, however long this game is in in a two hour window would not feel good. It just I I, I would need a TV series for this. I can see that. Looking I mean? looking forward at the sequel. I don't know. Like I'm not excited about it. But that's because I did not particularly enjoy the first one enough gameplay wise to finish it. It's one that I'm definitely interested in, in the story to see what happens and where things go and see exactly how strange and obscure Kojima gets at certain points. <laughs> so it's one of those weird ones for me, uh, Dom, because, yeah, I, I want to support Kojima. By the way, he's like one of the only weird ones that can manage a relationship with Xbox and Sony right now. Like, yeah. he's, he's doing yeah. big things on both platforms. Um yeah, I want to support him, but I'm also like, do I really? I, I probably won't buy this on launch day. I just don't mm -hmm. feel like I want to spend sixty or seventy dollars for something that I know I'm probably not gonna like the gameplay, unless I see reviews and there's like some drastic differences in it. Then maybe I'll consider it. But everything we know so far looks pretty similar, uh, yeah. with with a few additions. I'm sure we'll see over the course of this year. So it might be like a wait for a sale for me. To, to yeah. actually buy it, uh, but yeah, if you love Death Stranding, you're probably super exciting. I, excited. Yeah. I was just lukewarm on it at best. So. Yep. How do you think Kojima feels having like the top spot in a Sony <laughs> state of play alongside, you know, like Silent Hill and stuff? Like, yeah, yeah. Silent Hill. Yeah. That's got to be a weird feeling. I, I, yeah, I, I do have to say this though. Like, as much as I love Kojima's stuff, I feel like he gets his ass kissed way more than it needs to be. Like, <laughs> way more Ooh. than it needs to be. <laughs> like Jeff Keighley, like would lift him over a puddle of water, nineteen forties, you oh, know, yeah. soldier coming home from war with his lady style. I like he de it's I could act like he off. would take off his jacket and set it on the puddle so that Kojima <laughs> wouldn't get wet. Like and then yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's the total sidebar. But yeah, definitely one of the um more creative of our time, but also probably more of an acquired taste for a lot of people. Uh some things I think Kojima does and I'm just like you're fucking weird. <laughs> 
It's just, it's got to be weird, though, having, like, you know, Kojima and Norman Reedus having the top spot when, you know, we were right. so close to Silent Hills, and it's just like, oh. Uh, that wasn't I've the only Kojima reveal, game. though. That mm-hmm. wasn't the only. Now, we didn't get to right. see anything here, and I I am far more interested in this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Uh, and I don't know if Torchwick saw this, but it should make him super excited. Obviously, Kojima known for stealth, action, espionage, Metal Gear Solid, right? He didn't he didn't necessarily invent the genre, but certainly molded it in the way we view the genre today. Uh, he refined it, it. Yeah. He refined it. With the whole Metal Gear series. And they teased a new action espionage game. <laughs> And they kind of, when the camera pulled back uh, out of the oh. studio that they were at, you know, you know, maybe this is the exact title. We don't know, but, you know, could be. But it's how it's going to be referenced for now. So it, depending on what you're thinking, it could be Fizzent or Fisent, which would be like a physical intelligence or a psychological intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, we there's lots of governmental departments that end with INT. So <laughs> we'll have to see where this goes. But it's supposed to be a new action espionage game very excited dom to see what goes on here yeah but that's all yeah. we know yeah that is it is kojima uh, just he, he just seems like the only one that we've seen thus far at least that's been able to go okay you won't make let me make that game i'm gonna go over here and make my own with blackjack and hookers yeah, yeah. You got to feel like when Konami saw this announcement, oh, it did say Columbia Pictures. That, I mean, that was the marquee that this was on. Right. So is there going to be a movie tie-in? Is it going to be two separate products? Like, we don't know right. exactly. There's a lot that could happen with this one, but it's in collaboration with Sony. They call it a next-generation action espionage game, and they said it will transcend the barriers between games and movies. So... <laughs> Whether that's, you know, hey, we're going to do something really special in game or there's going to be some external movie tie in like who knows exactly what it looks like. But I feel like you've got to love if you love Metal Gear. I did. I know Torchwick does. um, Then you have to be excited by this. And if you work for Konami, you're probably like, yeah, shit. Uh, the last Metal Gear I played was the third one. I I, I still haven't played four or Phantom Pain. Um, really? I yeah, but I I am also I I consider myself a big fan of Metal Gear. I just I don't know. I never got there. Flynn saying from Hideo's Twitter. Um, of course, this is an interactive game, but the look, story, theme, cast, acting, fashion, sound, etc., are all at the level of digital entertainment that could be called a movie. So, all in one product. Uh, is what that kind of indicates there. Uh, but I think you you would also, like, if you ask Kojima, he would say that that exact sentence applies to Death Stranding. Like, right. And, and like, I mean, like I said, we were watching that trailer. It looks like you could just watch it as a, a TV show, movie, you know, miniseries, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But it looks real. So why not just go for it? Yeah. Uh, this was one we talked about when we first saw it a long time ago. It was known as Project Eve back then. And Yad, I know this was one that you were really interested in. You kind of like this style 
uh, of potential like RPG ish or action ish games and kind of like a you know uh, I don't know. Anyway, we got to see Stellar Blade. Uh, that is the uh, new name yes. for Project Eve, and that was announced a while ago. We saw it for the PlayStation Five. It was originally supposed to come out in 2023, mm-hmm. but now it's coming out this April, April 26th. So the fall, the city of Xion's fallen and battling monsters and very, you know, very anime-ish in style, but not in art style, if that makes sense. Yes and no. It's kind of got that like over the top high action look without the cartoonish aspect of anime. I mean when when you push anime to a certain extent with CGI and stuff like that, there there have been certain styles that do replicate this look. Especially Oh true, yeah. Especially more recently where they have the uh tune shaded CG uh complete three D model stuff in in animation and stuff like that in japan they do kind of emulate this kind of look they just use tune shaders on top of it so yeah it's it is very anime and it 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 does look pretty slick yeah the from the the pr speak for it right Mm -hmm. (laughs) take it for what it's worth uh, engage in blisteringly fast combat as you slash a path through the remnants of Earth, facing epic boss encounters that will challenge both brain and brawn in equal measure. Unleash graceful yet brutal attack combos and unlock new moves as you progress with customizable skills based on your playstyle. Upgrade Eve's weapons to boost your chances as each boss battle becomes progressively more demanding. And I think, Dom, Dom when we first talked about this way back in the day, that we were like, sweet a bayonetta style game yeah that's a, not a bayonetta game that, right. i'm all yeah. for it give me more of that yeah i was just about to, to comment i think it feels more like a bayonetta style than in the anime um but yeah and then i, I guess mean, I'll bayonetta just... is kind of anime yeah oh it definitely yeah, is you, you got freaking guns on your he- high heels man <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean where else are you gonna put them where else are you gonna put them? <laughs> Not in your hands. That's just weird. I'm gonna leave. You got two more guns in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave the camera on Dom here because I feel oh, like really? he's gonna hmm. be the most yeah. excited for this hmm. one. Sonic. Why? Why would you say that? Sonic <laughs> X Shadow Generations. Uh, mm-hmm. So Sonic Generations back from uh, 2011. 2011. Yep. yep. Now that's coming back with two Sonics. Shadow the Hedgehog. Now a, a big player. In uh, Sonic X Shadow Generations, this is coming later this year in the fall to both the PlayStation 4 and 5. Yeah, Sonic Generations came in at a time where it was like 3D Sonics were not doing very well. Right. And uh, everybody was like saying the franchise is dead. It's done. Generations came out and kind of revitalized and showed that 3D Sonics can work. Um, And then kind of like jumping into the 2D, going backward a little bit, paying homage to the to that felt really good. So this this is exciting. This is very exciting. And uh, jumping on Shadow right now, when you got Shadow coming in Sonic the Hedgehog 3 movie, smart play, smart play. <laughs> I don't remember the, the last time I sat down and played a Sonic game to like a great extent. No. Uh, probably Sonic and Knuckles. Not, no. Sonic. I, I own what is it? Sonic Colors. I think. Oh, oh, okay. No, yeah. no. It was some collection thing that recently is more recent. I don't know. 
but yeah, it was a, a collection of like 2D reimagining type stuff. Mm. I don't remember mm. which one that Sonic is. Spinball is still my favorite. Oh, Spinball. Yeah, Spinball was great. Casino mm-hmm. level for the win. Casino levels for the win. Yep. Uh, a few other small notes here. Dave the Diver is getting a Godzilla uh, package on it. I'm that sure that fun. made Yod real happy. <laughs> Such a yeah. Godzilla fan. Oh, Zenless yeah. Zone Zero. Uh, that's another um, one by Hoyoverse, the makers of Genshin Impact. This is coming to PlayStation 5. It's not just PlayStation 5 on this one, though. Of course, State of Play like tries to not advertise what yeah. other platforms things will be on. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be for PC as well. So if you like that like single-player kind of multiplayer, if you want your friends to come occasionally... But, you know, long form RPG ish like Genshin Impact, Zenless Zone Zero looks to be adopting more of a kind of a, a tech aspect than Genshin's magic aspect, you know, utilizing guns and things like that. I'd uh, actually try that. Did you like Genshin? I mean, if you did, there's I, zero reason for you not to try Zenless. I didn't try Genshin, but I do enjoy tech over magic. So. Yeah, the only thing I don't I don't like about I I actually really really liked Genshin uh, when it first came out, and, mm-hmm. but I'm not a fan of Gacha pools. Gotcha. Yeah, mm. and uh, it's yeah, really cool. big in the Hoyoverse project of or product. Course. Yeah, it's like this is this month's banner, and I'm like, fuck this, I'm out of here. But uh, I'm in the minority, man. That game is making bajillions. Yeah, it's that urgency to play. <laughs> They they keep you you know like you said that that this is this month's such and such this yeah. is this week's yep. you have this amount of time to do this it it keeps the audience playing and addicted to constantly getting these things they want the the fallout though it becomes when you start producing things that your fans don't want yeah and then they go so why am I playing again <laughs> then yeah. we get to what was my most. <laughs> excited for reveal and then after i don't know my excitement might have turned to a little trepidation (laughs) a little trepidation oh Oh. yeah that was and i'm sure havoc is going to be excited about this one too silent hill 2 remake we finally get to see a little bit of it this Mm -hmm. is coming out Mm -hmm. sometime this year supposedly uh, for the PlayStation 5 and the PC. Uh, we've been waiting for this forever. Forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forever. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to get to jump back into James Sunderland's horror experience in Silent Hill 2 and see what happens. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go last here because I don't want to taint anybody's opinion. And I know every all three of us are eagerly excited and anticipating this one. But what do you think of the reveal, Dom? Oh boy, um, I I'm maybe I'm just nostalgia goggled, but I'm very excited for it still. Um, I don't know. There, there's there's a lot about Silent Hill two that just brings back. So my my very first experience playing Silent Hill two, right? I I went down. We had the my my parents' house. We had the um the basement set up. It was a finished basement. We had a 7.1 stereo surround sound system. The speakers on each side of the TV were almost as tall as me. They're like massive speakers from back in the day. And my parents were out for the weekend. I go down at 10 o'clock at night, turn all the lights off, put this game in, crank the sound up. I'm sitting there playing and then it 
creature runs out from under the car. And uh, I oh, threw my controller. You were I threw done. it and I, I ran <laughs> out the stairs and I, I didn't come back. So the game like sat state. open all night. Yeah. So I that's the start of the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it took a bit, but I got back down. And uh, so like I love and you think like you think when you get the radio, it's like, you know, that they're coming and it's better because like, no, it's worse because now you have this <laughs> impending dread that they're around every corner. So. Yeah, I don't know. I have huge love for this game. I do I do wish they did the first one first, but this one I understand is like a bigger deal and more people like this one than the first one. So this is the one if you're going to remake it, you start here. I get all that, but I'm hoping we go back to the first one. I'm excited. I think this looks good. I, I like some of the, the way the cutscenes are styled, that very different from how it was originally presented, but um, I... I do like changing things slightly as long as you're not making big story impact changes. Yod, what are you thinking? I yeah, I'm with Dom. I'm, I don't I don't know what what is it. It's just it looks like what I was expecting, and it's just giving me more of it. Where it's it's an updated version. You're seeing those familiar villains. Those those. Uh, Four leg, two on bottom, two on top, wiggly things, whatever you want to call them. Nurse. <laughs> mannequin the, nurses. Mannequin nurses? I thought the mannequin nurses was the bandaged up, weird, freaky nurses. Yeah, I mean, that's why I call them mannequins, because the, the mannequins are all assembled <laughs> funny. It's kind of yeah. weird that, like, that character or that monster model has become, like, so iconic in the world of Silent Hill, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't used until Silent Hill 2. And if you, if you go and play the original Silent Hills, like, they're all very like the monsters are all very symbolic uh, mm -hmm. to the narrative. Like there is a definite in in James's adventure here in, in Silent Hill too. There's very much a sh you know shades of sexual oppression, right? Uh, right. In in his psyche that leads to these monsters looking this way. Uh, there's lots of subtle things like that, but it's like you know everyone's like, well, where are the nurses? Well, they shouldn't be in every game. That was like no. that was his. Yeah. His yeah, manifestation right. of like sexual in, repression and things. In the first one, there was the weird, creepy babies in the bathroom yeah, yeah. that were like scuttling around, and yeah, it, so, each one is supposed to have its own feel to I'm it. I'm very excited for this. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, the whole reason I bought the medium and and played that on stream was because I wanted to see what Bloober Team was going to do in a horror-type environment, knowing that, obviously, the medium was going to be very different from Silent Hill, but the rumor was they were the company that could potentially be working on the remake of Silent Hill 2 at the time. Right. It was just a rumor, So, and I you know, I like horror games anyway, so I'll give them a shot. And I enjoyed the medium, but it was, it was average. It was just average for me. It was an okay game. I'm glad I played it. I will never play a, a second playthrough type deal. Okay. So I obviously I'm still a little nervous on Silent Hill 2 just for that aspect of it, who the development team is and their pedigree in this field, in this genre. I did not I love the monster design in the trailers. I liked some of the environments in the trailers. I thought some other environments were way more visually exposed than they should be in this game. Because uh, mm -hmm. remember, you know, obviously they were dealing with PlayStation 1 uh, and 2 limitations back in the day of Silent right. Hill 1 and 2. But I, I felt like, you know, the I was able to see too much. And then one thing I didn't like, and I hope it's just the way they cut the trailer. Um, this trailer focused an awful lot on combat. 
an awful lot on combat. And while that yeah. is something that happens in Silent Hill and Silent Hill 2, combat always in those games took a backseat. It mm-hmm. was like the last thing you wanted to do was to try and engage these things in most cases. Uh, and they showed off so much combat that I hope that they haven't... I, I guess what what's a, a good way to describe this? I hope they haven't Resident evil my Silent Hill. If that makes sense. Well, the way I look at it is the the trailer was presented as the combat reveal trailer. So they were showing those features off. So that's why it was that heavy in it. Um, But yeah, if I don't want the whole game to be like that, and I hope it's not. Um, But I do agree with you on the the volume of the the, uh, darkness and the fog and stuff like that. I, the it's huge the atmosphere of Silent Hill. Um, right. I, originally, like you said, it was a, a limitation due to the consoles. I thought it was a very clever use of that limitation. Yeah, particularly um, Silent Hill One on the PlayStation. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, because they couldn't get the um, render distance and and <laughs> yeah. keep the frame rate up. So they were yep. like, let's just put a fog in here. Yep. Uh, there was another Silent Hill reveal here. We're going to cover that separately. I, I feel like that that warrants okay. a little little yeah. more discussion. So we will come back to that one. So let's finish off some of the, the bigger marquee items in the state of play. We've got Judas. Uh, this is by Ken Levine and team over at Ghost Story Games. Remember, they broke away or they uh, mm-hmm. from the whole Bioware franchise and everything, started their own studio. This is Judas. So obviously, when you watch the trailer, <laughs> if you did not know that this was Ghost Story Games and Ken Levine, you were probably like, man, this is ripping Bioware off <laughs> like some, <Yeah. laughs> for something uh, fierce. It's definitely Bioshock. got the D- uh, Bioshock. Sorry, Bioware. Yeah, Bioshock, my bad. Yeah. Uh, Bioware, Star Wars The Old Republic, but not anymore. That's now Broadsword. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bioshock creator, Ken Levine, thank you. Coming to PlayStation 5, Windows, and Xbox Series X when it releases. Uh, I think I've I've played through Bioshock 1 and Bioshock 2. I can't remember if I played all the way through it or not. Uh, and then I played a little bit of Infinite, but got si- it wasn't because I didn't like it. It was because I got sidetracked. So I'm like, a, I'm like, a okay, cool on Bioshock. So I will give Judas a whirl, but it will not like be a day one purchase for me. I don't think, Dom. Yeah, no, uh, I probably won't even play this at all. No. Nah. Were you guys into Bioshock at all? Not really, no. I yeah. own it. <laughs> <laughs> I am I shocked are, right? by this development. <laughs> bio, I am shocked. bio shocked by this development. Yeah. Uh, we oh. also got Metro Awakening uh, coming to VR sometime this year. Obviously, they showed off Dragon's Dogma two as well. That's coming up next that month. Good. Yeah, yeah this it looks still good. looks it looks fantastic. Good. This was like just an action trailer. We already know a ton about Dragon's Dogma two. Yeah. That's coming in March. Rise of the Ronin also coming on March. Both of those titles are March 22nd. Uh, that kind of sucks because I want to buy both of those, and that's a lot of money on the 22nd of March. <laughs> and then I got really, really excited and then really disappointed. Yeah, Torchwick. <laughs> I knew Torchwick was going to be excited uh, about Judas. Torchwick mm-hmm. loves Bioshock. I got really excited for a minute and then got really disappointed. 
the way so that because you knew the franchise and disappointed for what it was. Yes, exactly. As soon as the trailer started and some lines you could hear being spoken and everything, I was like, "Oh shit, are they making an Until Dawn too?" I I love that whole genre of game uh, from Supermassive. Unfortunately, Supermassive just announced this week some leadership changes. Uh, some of their like founding guy or whatever, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, forgive me, is leaving the company. Hopefully that won't do too much. And and the Man of Madan series has been real hit and miss. But I really, really liked the cheesiness of Until Dawn. Being a terrible horror movie buff myself, it, it was absolutely great. I loved Until Dawn, so I got really excited just to find out that it's a remastered version of the original for the PlayStation 5 and PC, which I guess is cool uh, if you've never played it. But for me, me, Until Dawn is not something I'm buying a remastered copy of. It just it just isn't. So is is your remastered gaming experience only limited to Resident Evils? Is that the only one you'll buy? Yeah, <laughs> basically. As Silent Hills, Silent Hill. I'm buying okay. Silent Hill too. That's fair. That's fair. Buy Silent Hill would, would you would you buy a Resident Evil Seven remaster? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, are you saying? I barely saying, thought Resident Evil Four was even worth remastering yet. But but uh, but after they did, you were like, okay, I was wrong. Yeah, they kind of nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of fucking just yeah. hit it out of the park with that. Yeah. Uh, are you saying current newer games aren't quite ne- in need of remaster yet? Well, no, see, I get this one, right? Because they want to put it on the pl- uh, a PlayStation 5 version. So I don't fault them for doing a remaster to go from 4 to 5. But one, the game looked damn good in its time anyway and still holds up relatively well. So it is kind of like in that Resident Evil 4 box for me where I'm like, I don't really think this needs a remaster, but I guess yeah. you're trying to upgrade it to the PlayStation 5. That's how I feel about Last of Us 2. Like, I was going to say, see? what about Last of Us 2? Last of Us 2, like, I, I've looked at some of the side-by-sides, and I'm like, I think the original one looked better. Did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought some of the original shots that they showed looked, like, a lot oh. better. Like, they, they changed some shapes of some people's faces and stuff like that. It's like, I don't I, I don't like the new one. It It just, it doesn't feel right. Like the 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 far details, the background details, like the trees and the foliage, that stuff looks beautiful. That those are great enhancements, whatever. But that's not enough to make me buy the game again. Oh, I mean, like, it, is it really a re? I mean, is is it really ne- needed though? It, it may be. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> couldn't couldn't that have just been a patch to make the? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the stuff. Up to date. <laughs> uh, Do what they did with Final Fantasy VII remake, right? The the PS5 yeah, remaster turned it into three like... games and a decade and a half of work. No, no I'm saying <laughs> what was the, the upgrade? Was what fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, whatever? To like, I'd I'd pay that for it. I I would. I'm not saying you know that or more companies should do this all the time. But if you're gonna make a remaster, if you own the original, having an upgrade fee to for you know, a quarter of the cost of the actual game, yeah, I'd buy it again, but I'm not paying $60 to buy a remastered game from scratch that doesn't need it. Yeah, and so if you haven't played Until Dawn and you even think you might enjoy it, then yeah, by all means, buy it. I'm not saying it's not worth buying. It absolutely is. If you think you're going to enjoy it, you probably will. And by 
I mean, God, it's been out for years now. You can go <laughs> watch every review and full playthrough if you even wanted to. But if uh, if if you own the original, like let's say Mike for use personally, yeah. let's say you own the original until dawn, and they go, oh, the remastered version. If you if you own the original, you get it for fifteen dollars. No, you'd do it. No, don't I tell me you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Why not? Because it, there are games that I would definitely do that for. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that and they're not going to do that now anyway, right? That's a that's no. a that's a cross generation thing that they do right. At, right. at at generation launch, particularly if their next gen version isn't quite ready yet, and they right, still right. want to get you to give them a couple of bucks. So they're not going to do that at this point. I'm not opposed to that model, and there are definitely games that I would say, okay, here's fifteen twenty bucks. I'll buy the updated version of it, no problem. This isn't one of them, simply because. Until Dawn was one of those games that on first playthrough, love it, great. And then you do want to play it a couple other times to try different things and see what that changes. But once you've played through those, those story arcs, the way you want to play through or play through every single version of the story arcs, because you can really pick up speed on subsequent playthroughs and get them done pretty quickly, there is no reason to touch that game again. Like, none. Regardless of how pretty you make it, there is zero. You have to build in a reason for me to need to play that sure. version. And if they don't, so change, like if they if they added another character, you would. If they add another know? character with new sure. branching storyline, then yes, something there is sure. worth it. But it is not one of those games that I'm like, oh yeah, let me. You know, there is at no point next month where I'm going to be like, I feel like playing until dawn. Like I've gotten everything out of until dawn. I wanted to get out of it. I'm done with it. Uh, a remaster doesn't help that, at least for me. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Uh, before we hit uh, on Silent Hill, a short message. What do you think of the state of play as a whole, uh, Dom? Uh, I I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it doesn't didn't have what I wanted out of it, which is Kingdom Hearts Four. But you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, good. okay, it's good. That that'll be the state of play twenty forty four. 2044. No, no, Please. we'll have. I'm going down right now. Kingdom Hearts will be featured in a state of play this year, guaranteed. Kingdom Hearts 4. Yes. Okay, you got to be specific because they could give you a Kingdom Hearts 3.14159. <laughs> Kingdom right? Hearts Music Mash Symphony. Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts Pie. Uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 4 getting another trailer right next to Silk Song, says Oh, Never gonna happen. <laughs> Yod, what'd you think of the state of play as a whole? They're, well, before that, they're gonna announce what Dom wants later this year, and then about five, ten years later, we'll get an actual trailer. Oh, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what I'm predicting. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought they did a pretty good job. I thought they uh, ran a tight show, and that it, you know, it gives you what you want. A little bit of talk, say hi to Kojima, and then show you a bunch of trailers. That's what I want out of State of Play. That's what they gave me. Yeah, I feel like it was just kind of mid, right? Like, there was no earth-shattering announcement that blew me away. There were a couple of things that I wanted to see, and I got to see. There was a mm -hmm. new announcement of a Kojima espionage game, but they didn't show anything off, so it wasn't like, whoa! But it was like, hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I'd probably put it, a, and you're right. They do. They have this down now in the best way that I love, where it's like, hey, we're gonna be on for 40 minutes. You're gonna see nine things, and then we're getting the hell out of here. Like, right. we're, <laughs> we're out of here. 
if they if they had something groundbreaking to announce or show you or something like that that would have made it a good show but the way they present the show they keep you watching for the next one and the next one and the next one the next one by the way is this coming week because they're doing a final fantasy 7 rebirth state of play by itself yeah right Uh, so they they did not show that at this show Mm -hmm. it's going to have its own one next week so it really feels though that they've taken the format of nintendo's uh yeah presentations Yeah. yeah Yeah, which is fine, which is what you need, because it it strings you along for the forty five minutes, and it makes you know, so you keep watching, but it doesn't yeah. keep trying to go a full two three hours where you're sitting going, come on, yeah. show me another trailer, stop talking. Oh, you mean you you're not excited for Foam Stars? Well, I was not just really. going to mention that, by the way. If you are even remotely interested or think you might like to try Foam Stars, do not forget that that is part of PlayStation Plus in February when it launches on the 6th. Yeah, my birthday. If you subscribe... Uh, is, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting that you're like six days <laughs> away from mine. Uh, yeah. If you subscribe to PlayStation Plus, go claim it. That way you own it forever. Otherwise, you'll have to buy it later. So don't forget when it launches next week. That will be part of February's PlayStation Plus. You can claim Foam Stars for free. Uh, And then just keep your sub up. Okay, so there was one other thing, and I wanted to pull it out of the discussion of the state of play by itself. And that was Silent Hill, the short message. Because this was announced as free-to-play and immediately available on PlayStation 5 following the conclusion of the PlayStation state of play. Now, initially, I I had no idea what this was, so initially, like, I was not excited at all. Like, I watched the trailer that you're seeing here, and I was like, ugh, whatever. Uh, And I also was like, oh, it's free to play. Ah, Konami, I've seen what you've done with Silent Hill and other franchises free to play on mobile. I'm not interested in these shenanigans. It's nothing like that, okay? So first (laughs) off, it is, uh, it's about two to three hours, depending on how exploratory your feeling right because there are nods all over the place to the silent hill franchise and so if you want to like go explore backgrounds and stuff like that maybe it'll take you a little longer if you're just buzzing the story you could probably do it in an hour hour and 20 uh it's just like three chapters sequential chapters of a story um it's subtle like a sledgehammer let me (laughs) let me just put that out there okay the the thing is not subtle at all um it deals with topics that could um be uncomfortable or triggering for some people i I will put that out there too right now uh topics such as suicide and abuse and childhood trauma and social media pressures on uh teenagers and desires to fit in uh being bullied These are all topics that are explored in a not subtle way uh, in here. And that's, as I was playing through this, you take take the role of Anita, this this woman that you're seeing here in the glasses, uh, who is very down on herself, uh, feels invisible. You know, those types of teenage feelings, uh, not just teenage, but they're expressed as teenage here. Those types of feelings. Uh, and what you do with those. And some people that have unfortunately um, 
committed suicide and some friends that maybe feel the same way but express it in a different way. And then, of course, friends that don't seem to have any of those concerns but really deep down do. Uh, I'm going to say this. Did you? Did either of you play this? I, I No. I did not get the chance, no. Okay. Then I'll just say this. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. There's not. Re- I mean, there's not really much to spoil. It's it's been out for a while. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's been out for a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's, no, that's not even. It's been out since Wednesday. Um, fine. It's I fine. Will, I will say this. In my first twenty to forty minutes playing this, and it took me probably about two hours because I was taking my time and looking at small stuff. In my first 30 to 40 minutes, I was not engaged with the the protagonist, the character that I was controlling. Um, I got what they were trying to portray, but I thought it was so ham-fisted that even though this person had clearly had traumas and you were learning about them in a very Silent Hill way, uh, and you very slow, right? Like Even though you could sympathize, the character wasn't likable just as somebody you wanted to play as. Fast forward to when I finish it, and um, I thought it was incredible. Hmm. I thought it was incredible. I was thinking about it for two hours after and talking to Mm. my son and my daughter about it. There are some powerful moments. It's not subtle. Some of the dialogue is cheesy. Some of it, there are problems. It's not perfect. I'm not putting it out there as the greatest piece of art in video game history, but it's certainly not the worst either. It delivers its message. It points out that there is hope. There is help on all of these fronts. And we all share in the blame for some of the issues caused by social media and things like that. By the way, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, if you right now need help, just need somebody to talk to here in the United States, pick up your phone right now and hit 988. There is somebody out there to help. You're not alone as far as an art piece it does what it wants to do it delivers a message there's lots of silent hill nods in it i came to feel for these characters that i did not particularly felt engaged with to start um very powerful ending i did very much like it There is a musical nod at the end for Silent Hill junkies that I'm not going to say a word about. Go play it or go watch something on YouTube for it if you want it spoiled. But there is an awesome musical Silent Hill nod at the end of it. Does it warrant the Silent Hill name, though, is a very good question, I thought, playing through this. Like, why is the name... It is very Silent Hill-y in some some aspects, the gameplay itself is very exploratory with some chase sequences, classic of Silent Hill. That's really the core game that you're playing. The rest of it is pretty narrative driven. Uh, the last chase sequence is kind of annoying. 
Uh, I'll give you that one, but get get past it. You'll you'll be fine once you finish it. You're at the end. Um, was there weird janky shaky nurses though? Uh, it's not a nurse, but weird <laughs> janky shanky janky female shaky female. Yes, uh, not okay. a nurse though. Uh, but it's not a nurse. So it's not, it's not a nurse. It's not a nurse. <laughs> the thing that I was talking to my kids about was like initially I was like, why is this a Silent Hill game? Besides, you're giving me some Silent Hill nods. I feel like if it didn't say Silent Hill, then the message, Dom, that they would be trying to deliver would fall on a much smaller audience. So are they capitalizing a little bit on the name Silent Hill to try and get this message out to more people? Probably. Did I feel a little ick about that when I first started? Yeah. Did I feel that same way when I was done playing it? No, I'm glad you put the Silent Hill name on it. I'm glad that'll cause it to get a little more attention than it might have. Ultimately, is it worth playing through at least once? Uh, yeah, I think so. Even if you can't, even if you can't empathize or sympathize because you've never been in a bullied situation or a bullying situation on social media or depression or childhood abuse and trauma, even if you've never been in those situations it is well worth playing and taking the message away. I got to give them props for it. It's not the greatest thing in the world. It's not subtle at all, but they did a nice job with topics that you don't often see explored in dem video games, you know? Yeah. So, but it seems interesting because everyone who's familiar with the original first couple Silent Hill games, you know, they're, they're focused on the town of Silent Hill. Right. And this has nothing to do with that. Right. It's in a so, little European city. If you if you look at all the different games in the original grouping, Silent Hill, the town, it was always transformed around the main characters. Um, yes. Struggles. Yes. Right. Um, that very so, much so happens here. Right. So I think in that theme like keeping that theme it's still very much a silent hill game but with these newer ones and like you even look what's the the other one coming out silent hill f i think it is right um like that's not taking place in the town of silent hill either they're kind of expanding the universe of it to be silent hill is more of your own personal hell than it is a town somewhere and i like that concept way more and i think it's way more interesting and allows them to tell way more stories. And and I don't know. I'm excited for the future of Silent Hill to not just be based in one town. I am. Yeah. Uh, Havoc, it's called Silent Hill, A Short Message. Uh, and it's a free on PlayStation 5 only, unfortunately, right now. I would not be surprised to see it on other platforms. Well, I'm you're certainly not going to come out on Switch. Um, <laughs> I mean... But I would not be surprised if there was a PC version of this at some point. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So, Hey, uh, let's finish it up with a few quick news hits, and then we'll go do Games of the Week, and we'll get the hell out of here. Uh, there was a rumor earlier this week that Hasbro might have been shopping around Dungeons & Dragons, mm -hmm. the IP itself, and primarily was talking to big Chinese corporation and gaming mogul uh, Tencent because Larian Studios, who obviously did Baldur's Gate 3, a D&D &D property, 
uh, and is partially invested in by Tencent, kind of put them together to talk. Those were the rumors. Now, since the rumors broke, Hasbro has come out publicly and said, we regularly talk to Tencent and enjoy multiple partnerships with them across a number of our IPs. We don't make a habit of commenting on internet rumors, but to be clear, we are not looking to sell our D&D IP. <laughs> we will keep talking to partners about how we bring the best digital experiences to our fans. We won't comment any further on speculation or rumors about potential mergers and acquisitions or licensing deals. thought it was weird that they put the term mergers and acquisitions in there because nobody was saying that they were going to be merged or acquired. <laughs> they were saying that D&D right. &D was being shopped. Hasbro obviously in really bad financial position right now as a company as a whole. Toys, uh, the toy side of their business is not doing well. Magic and Dungeons and Dragons are like really the only two that are keeping them financially viable right now right. and it feels like they've been determined to set both of those divisions on fire for the last two years too something we've discussed on this show you and i yod yeah. quite a bit yeah. do you think that we would see dungeons and dragons sold on the surface it's a huge cash injection injection right but then you are getting you are liquidating one of your two only real profit streams right now. So it kind of seems a little counterintuitive. And what might have been happening here instead was the two companies were likely talking more about digital entertainment uh, and licensing deals through there. Yeah. Um, personally, I think that it was more talking about games and digital properties and right. stuff like that. Because why would you sell the IP for your cash cow that is one of the only things bringing money into your company at a steady pace in which you can lend that IP out for other people to make things with that feed you money. Yeah, and if you sell the video game rights to Tencent, I think that makes a lot more sense. Right, because <laughs> yeah. they're still paying you constantly for that usage, and you're still getting a cut of that without doing any work. So why would you do that? Why would you sell it? On top of that, with Wizards of the Coast, be because of Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, they're kind of both fantasy-based, and there can be crossovers with that. With your Hasbro toy division, if you make more movies, if you make more video games, you can produce toys which feeds more money into it. So it it's a whole synergy thing. You don't want to get rid of the IP. You want to lease it out to people. Yeah, like Embracer's doing all over the place with Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> uh, another rumor, this one coming from uh, YouTube channel Moore's Law is Dead, um, often reporting pretty accurately on tech rumors. So maybe, maybe this one has a little more credence. Sony rumored to be working on another handheld device. Not the portal or whatever the hell it is, <laughs> or the, and then the backbone, and like none of those things. Like an actual... You know, Vita 2, in quotes, mm -hmm. right? Uh, very early production. According to him, the console is at least two years out, and it's not even currently greenlit for launch as of yet, but will reportedly feature 18 CUs in order to properly run PlayStation 4 titles. Additionally, it's intended to run patched-down versions of PS5 titles that will be stripped back or optimized to run on handheld software, 
The PS5 selection would reportedly obviously be smaller, as not all of the console's titles could be expected to run correctly on a handheld. He's also reported that it's been suggested to him that the console may be intended to launch within the PlayStation 6 family of devices. If that's the case, it would likely be years and years off, considering we haven't even seen the PS5 Pro yet. Uh, yeah, that's way out there. I know that this probably makes Torchwick extremely happy to see that there could potentially be a Vita 2 at some point, or whatever you want to call it, Vita 2 in quotes, uh, in right. the future here. And I feel like, Dom, this had to be one of those situations where they were like, look at how good that Steam Deck's doing. <laughs> like, look yeah. at how good that thing's doing. Yeah, and I mean, the Steam Deck only got the success it did because of the Nintendo Switch. I don't think without the Switch, the Steam Deck even would have existed. But uh, it this is so rough because it's like we're, we're just getting news that, you know, Switch 2 is supposed to be this year. And if we're now talking about PlayStation 6 at this stage, you know, it's like is, is Switch 2 already dead in the water before it's released? You know, like, right. I always I just want Nintendo. I know, I know, I know you're going to tell me, no, it's never going to happen. But I just want Nintendo for once to just catch up. You know what I mean? Like, just just catch up. Just be there and run with the big dogs. Same hardware. Okay, Torchwick says, if it runs PS4 games, then maybe Metal Gear Solid 4. No reason they can't port a PS3 game. If it can run PS4, no problem. Uh, Actually, there is a problem with that. The PlayStation 3 is notoriously terrible to try and get emulated on any other system, including PlayStation 4 and stuff like that. It's not that the tech in the game is too advanced. You're absolutely right there, Torchwick. The coding (laughs) that goes into programming games for the PlayStation 3 uh, is incredibly dumb. Uh, as far as working on any other device, it was one of the biggest reasons they were like, yeah, PlayStation 4 is not going to play PS3. Getting it to do so would be incredibly difficult and pump the cost up. So I, I don't I would not expect being able to get PlayStation 3 games anytime soon on there. Uh, if it's even true at all. anyway. <laughs> yeah. We also got totally separate from the state of play, a Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 gameplay trailer and a half-hour gameplay reveal. Obviously a title I've been super excited about, even since Jason Winter was a host on here. And holy <laughs> shit, am I nervous now. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Why why are you nervous? Okay. Yeah, what's going on here? One, you have to play as a very specific character. Her name is Fire. The name is Dom. (laughs) You have a voice in your head that narratively, they'll explain why later, that constantly talks to you. And in the trailer and in the gameplay, it's fucking quipping all the time. It's like, I hated that in Forspoken. I don't want that. Like, huh. Your players are smarter. They can realize silence can be, you know, let you intuit what's going on. I don't need a quippy voice of whatever, an elder or whoever. (laughs) Oh, God. The animations are goofy as fuck in some cases. You don't want Navi following you around? No. (laughs) The animations are goofy. There were some good things here, too. Some of the environments looked really, really good. And then some of the animations were just goofy. Some of the dialogue was 
bizarre. And it's very Bioware, old school Bioware conversation trees to determine yes. how you want to role play your character. There is no character creation. Now, that's okay. There wasn't really character creation in the original Bloodlines besides, like, you know, picking some of your backstory options. Like, you didn't pick your hairstyles and stuff like that. But uh, so I'm okay with that. But this seems incredibly linear. We weren't shown, and hopefully we will be, anything on the role playing front besides you being familiar or reading in game what the different VTM clans are. Um, and then role-playing your dialogue options that way, but you don't have to. Uh, I am really <laughs> nervous about this. If I'll tell you what, if they would take Bloodlines Two off of the title, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I'd say, oh, cool, it's a game in the Vampire the Masquerade universe. But because it has the name Bloodlines Two, I'm incredibly nervous for this one. Now, it did <laughs> not look. It did not look great. But it's mm. your vampire game, Mike. I'm hugely concerned for this one, Yod. <laughs> it did not look uh, great. Yeah, yeah. They, they, those, those, uh, those options for for talking just—they so reminded me of early early Mass Effect stuff on conversations. I mean, it can't be as bad as Redfall, right? <laughs> you say that. I would hope not. But... <laughs> Dom, you have now put that out there. <laughs> I've spoken it into an existence. Yes, I mean, and this is this is the danger, board. right? I'm going to give you the list of games developed by the Chinese Room, the company that is developing yeah. this. Obviously, Paradox okay. is publishing it. Be before sure. you go into that, I always, for some reason, I don't know why, for some reason, I always thought the Chinese Room was a Chinese company. Nope. <laughs> And remember, this this has been in development hell for a while, right? They changed developers. And now looking back on some of the stuff that the previous developer was showing at the time, I'm like, mm, that feels a little more Bloodlines 2 than where we're headed with this. Uh, so some titles that you will know of. Uh, 2012, Dear Esther. 2013, Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs. So you probably know that franchise, even if you haven't played that particular one. Uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture in 2015. Dear Esther, Landmark Edition and So Let Us Melt in 2017. Little Orpheus in 2020 and Still Wakes the Deep in 2024 along with Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Not exactly, and we said this at the time, not exactly a developer known for games like what we all probably think Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 should be. Mm -hmm. Very walking simulator company. I, maybe a Death Stranding <laughs> 2 would have been more appropriate. I don't know. I am incredibly nervous for this. I'm still hopeful, but yeah, I'm a little nervous. Hey, let me show oh. you this picture, by the way. Whoops, wrong one. Let me show you this, this great little image uh, that I forgot to load in B-roll, so I'm literally loading it right now. Excuse the black screen for a second gonna say what's going on here yeah. i love this picture this is this is amazing work here ah oh. yes look ah, we've yes. got the new jerusalem church yes. and their logo yeah mm -hmm. and i yeah. see torchwick dying laughing in his window <laughs> on discord yeah this comes mm -hmm. <laughs> this comes to us from uh fourth dimension on reddit so thank you 
Uh, they speculated, hey, uh, am I, should, I, should I bring this to the attention of somebody? <laughs> um, for those of you that uh, maybe haven't figured it out by now, that's the Steam logo. <laughs> <laughs> But but no, it, it's it's an artistic represent. It's it's inverted, right? It's 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 altered. It's modified. Okay. Technically, so, yes, they've so, inverted the colors. Having knowledge of trademark and copyright law, which, by the way, trademark and copyright law are Two different very different. Things. Yeah, yeah, and I believe we've talked about this stuff before on this yep. on this show. In order for them to keep that, there would have to be at least three, three things yeah. changed about it. You got to hit that thirty percent. Yeah, and it is not. (laughs) (laughs) Wind River Flies, what a great comment in chat. Seems like my kind of religion. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I sign up? Yeah. The other thing is, I, what, and I mean, I think it's mentioned in the article, what, what does that have to do with New Jerusalem? Church. Everything. Yeah. The, the best piece of speculation that I saw was somebody commenting that was like, I know exactly what happened. Somebody related to the people that run the church was like, oh, yeah, I know how to use Photoshop. I'll get you something. And just there it was instead of paying a graphic designer to get you a logo. And now it's going to cost them money because as we've, like I said, I believe we've spoken about it before. With trademark law, once it comes to the attention of the trademark holder, they have to prosecute or they will lose the trademark. Yeah, you have to you have to protect your IPs, even if yeah. you think you might be stretching it a little bit. Famous, yeah, I mean, look, famously, the Elder Scrolls going after a game called Scrolls. Right, but the the, the whole purpose of it is that you have to. Yeah. Even if, if even if it's like your brother or your friend or whatever. Well, I mean, you don't that, have to come after them legally, but you do have to at least send no. them a note that says, "Hey, cease and desist, right. take that down." Right. And if they you know? don't, then you have to take it to right, right, to, right. You know, next step and stuff like that but either way you have to do something about it or else you lose the trademark unlike with copyright which you know you, you can let things slide sometimes at your own discretion um you and mcgregor gave a little update on obi-wan season two uh, and i gotta say it doesn't really sound all that positive uh unfortunately as much as i would really like it i liked obi-wan uh, season one. So, so this is becoming a TV show and movie review as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that what the show's going to be? McGregor now? told Variety that he would love to make a season two, but there's no talk of it yet. And then he said, "Hey, there's a lot going on on at Disney," but he didn't elaborate any further. Uh, I feel like if there's nothing going on on it yet, that's really not a good thing because. Season one ended a long time ago at this point when you talk about TV running serialized TV shows. Yeah. Yes and no. So, yeah, it did end a long time ago. Uh, but because of everything that's been going on with, like, the whole uh, SAG-AFRA and stuff like that, the whole strike, and on top of that, Disney reshuffling how they're handling things. So a lot of reorganization is going on with what they're scheduling and how they're releasing things. So just because they haven't talked about anything yet, it still might be on the table if there is enough interest for it. Because like with, with the, the change of the head of Disney recently, um, and for example, the Marvel movies, the last, the latest movie, I think uh, the Marvels was the last one that was finished underneath the last head, which 
the whole concept of their scheduling was more, 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 faster, 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 more movies, more TV, constantly piling on and on and on, you know, stacking as much of the ske- as much as possible. With the new head, it's more about quality over quantity. So there is still a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance because of the way things have been shuffled and the way things are working now behind the scenes at Disney, which is obviously the parent company of Marvel and LucasArts and all that stuff. They want more quality shows and movies so people can enjoy them and actually go not burnt out, burn out like they were before where they were stacking four Marvel movies and three TV shows and you have to watch yeah. them all before the culmination comes out you know, in a month. I, I always kind of looked at Obi-Wan as like it was like a one season miniseries or whatever and then like if they got a second season sure, great, whatever. If not, they could still do it five, six years later. Like there's nothing yeah. stopping it because like you look at shows like Heroes, right? Heroes finished airing in like 2010, I think it was. And then season five that they called heroes reborn came out five years later in 2015 and i thought that was phenomenal and like you see even like with uh dexter right dexter came back and uh i think that was a much better ending arguably to some than the original series i'm not saying it was a good one for what it is now but it was better than the original um ending for sure um but star wars is weird like that because they like They've been telling them out of order forever. It doesn't. Right. They don't need to to do it in in any kind of uh of sequence like that. Like, and right. especially with Disney right now, you look at what Disney's doing. Right, we just got Indiana Jones. They're they're coming out with a Honey I Shrunk the Kids sequel called Shrunk right now. <laughs> right, yeah. and Rick Moranis is coming back to reprise his role. Like, it's he's oh. coming out of retirement to do right. this. Like, so anything is possible. In these this day and age with with stuff, I'm not too worried about the it. Ghostbusters movies coming out now. Yeah, I mean, May. It, but yeah, also, how long was Obi Wan in that desert for? There's plenty of stories. <laughs> 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 Let's go do games of the week. Uh. Games of the week week is the way we end every episode of the uh, Gaming Gumbo here. It's where each of us is going to give you a game. Could be a video game, board game, mobile game, card game, anything where we've played, playing, or haven't played, but think you should try out. And you let us know in the comments who gave the best recommendation and give one of your own. Yod, you're up first. All right. Since we didn't touch about it too much with that Godzilla mention, I started playing Dave the Diver because of the Godzilla mention. And it's a lot of fun. The, the base game is out on Switch and Steam right now. You know, it's coming for PS5 later. And, of course, the Godzilla DLC. So, Dave the Diver. Go fish and make sushi. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Made it to Chapter 2 in that game. Dom. Yeah. Um, I am actually... We talked about this one two weeks ago, last time I was on the show. Um, we, we speculated whether or not I was going to play it and whether or not uh, I'd ever get around to it. But yeah, I've been playing Power World. Um, I, I've been idling in my base more than I've actually been playing, but, you know, I've been playing it. Uh, no, I have like 95 different pals. I, I'm, I'm working my way through. I'm uh, almost level 40, so... Well, so I've been uh, cruising around 
I gave recommendation for the Prince of Persia demo two shows ago and then Prince of Persia itself after it came out last week. I've completed it. I have not platted it yet. I don't know if I'm going to. There's one thing to finish side quests, all the side quests, and one of them's the Impossible Climb, uh, mm-hmm. which is some... I don't know. It, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. I can get two bells, but I can't uh, get the third one so, yet and still land without dying. So it's a pain in the ass. I don't know if I'll actually finish it or not. I might get bored. But that made me go, okay, I mean, I need another Metroidvania now. Man, that really scratched an itch. It was a great game. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and so I went back to a game that I had not finished, uh, and I am playing Blasphemous 2. And I know that's a little later in 2023. It came out in, like, whatever, July or August, something like that. Uh, but, yes, Metro, another Metroidvania, Blasphemous 2, definitely a thumbs up. Chat, don't go anywhere. Uh, after the show here, we're going to have Torchwick on the stream. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good, good to see you. You weren't, you weren't here last week. You're here this week. You won't be here next week because you and I will be seeing the monster trucks. But what are you playing tonight? I'm going to be playing more Final Fantasy VII. Oh, we still haven't beaten this damn thing yet. Holy (laughs) hell. No, I just, I felt like I had to, right? I felt like I had to for Yod's sake. I was on top of it this time, too. I was going to tell him to show up before he said anything, and then you got (laughs) me. Where are you at? Uh, We're, we just went up Gaia Cliff, the the Glacier Cliff, uh, and we're about to make it to the North Crater. Oh, so you're disc two if we're back on the PlayStation 1. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Too. So you're you're getting there. You're getting there. Slowly I, uh, encroaching I'm, on the halfway point. I'm over halfway. <laughs> I'm like three fourths of the way. I did most of the side content in disc one. Most of that's out of the way already. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, chat. We just need a minute or two after the show here to shut it down, relabel things, and Torchwick will be back up again. No gaming gumbo next Saturday, but Torchwick tonight. Tark tonight, then we'll have uh, the Relic Grind on Thursday as normal, and then Tark on Saturday night. Until next time that we're all here, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod Artworks on the socials, and uh, especially on otakudomecomic.com, where I do a webcomic once a week. It drops on Fridays, and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Dom? Uh, You can find me down below at Itzista. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O. You'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, some Final Fantasy trading cards, or anything else. Stay safe. See you on the server. I can't go back and play the Mummy Dynasty.